Everybody out there in TV land and internet land, welcome back to the uh, Snap No Tap podcast. Tony Cicchini here with Joe Cardinal. We were supposed to have Brian Denise, but he's got some home home issues. Um, oh, and before I forget, because I did forget, I wanted to mention it last week. Uh, Nico called me. Nico is doing fine. He's in between houses. And where he's staying um, doesn't have an internet connection. So that's basically why he's not been on the internet or on the uh, podcast with us, because he doesn't have access to the internet currently. So hopefully that'll change. Uh, He'll be moving back closer to us, which is always pleasant. I was hoping to get to see him. He was going to call me the next day or the day after when he he thought he was going to have a day off, but I didn't hear from him. So um, I didn't get a chance to see Nico, but for all of you that are wondering, yeah, Nico's doing great. All good. How are you doing, Mr. Joe? Uh, doing good. Keeping busy. Uh, getting ready for my final. Got my written final coming up Monday. So I'm definitely tomorrow? happy. Yeah. Tomorrow, basically. So uh, prior to the recording here and probably uh, after, after this afternoon, I'm going to be spending some time hitting the books. So um, looking forward to this being done. In the words of Bruce Lee, books don't hit back. <laughs> anyway, yeah, good luck on that, Keep us Well, let me know immediately whenever you find out, but then we'll make the, the announcement next week on the podcast. So, uh, yeah, outside of that, um, <clears throat> I still haven't been able to get in to see my mother because of the COVID outbreak. It fluctuates now, but it's, as of yesterday, was 26. It was 30 on Thursday, 25 on Friday, which actually scared me because I'm like, are these five people dead now or are they in a hospital or whatever? And then yesterday, cranked back up to 26. Um, and it's a very small nursing home. So it's not like a hospital where you might have 500 patients. You know, this place probably has 60, maybe. So about half, half the people in there are close to it. Um, I've been striking out like Sammy Sosa with uh, the job search. Nothing is panning out. Absolute nothing. Also, a lot of scams. And I kind of want to warn people, there are plenty of scams out there on um, these job sites where they're fake accounts or they're accounts that um, lure you into sign up for this training program and pay X amount of money and you'll make $275,000 a year. Yeah. Once they want you to pay. Yeah. Well, yeah. And some of them, 
Well, here's an here. Okay, so I went and got my hair cut a couple days ago, uh, Friday, I believe. So we're filming Sunday morning here, and uh, so the manager that normally cuts my hair was there, and she she wanted to know about my mom, so I let her know because she used to cut my mom's hair, and I told her about the job thing. She says, "You know, this is all bullshit." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" She's like, "These." They're not hiring, okay? She, and now this is a woman who's in charge of hiring and everything, okay? She's a member of the town, and, you know, she knows what she's talking about. She's like, these companies, they put up signs saying help wanted, but they don't really want any help. They're not going to hire anybody. And I guess what she's alluding to is that they do it too. Um, so, you know, it, it's just, they're, I get their reasoning why they're doing it. You know, it's it's deceptive, but it's, it's also... Uh, it's kind of uh, devious, <laughs> the, the 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 reasoning behind it. But yeah, I, I just think it's going to be very difficult. So um, I know that we're going to be doing a seminar coming up in July and uh, June. I believe it's June twenty sixth. We'll have more information next week when I firm everything up again with uh, Chuck May. So I'm hoping that I can do some more seminars. You know, if I can do a couple three a month. All right, that would be great on weekends or something. So we just need a facility, you know, somebody that's a gym owner that would be willing to bring me in. So far, we haven't heard back from Jason and Josh. I'm sure they're tied up, busy, but uh, so I've got to move forward. And, uh, yeah, just just for me, I'm just pumping away. So I've got a lot of job applications out there. Most Many of them have been rejected. I've done like four interviews, video interviews like this. Um, which were <clears throat> very improper, very unprofessional, frankly, um, on, on, on the company's end. Uh, and these were major, four of them were, or three of them were major corporations. One end actually ended up not showing up for the meeting. <laughs> I told you that. I told you about that one. <clears throat> and they're still haunting me now with emails, wanting to reschedule. I'm not going to reschedule. You know, you're done, you know, for 15. And I, I think I mentioned they wanted me to work. 15 hours a week. I'm like, I didn't apply for a 15 hour a week job. I applied for a full-time job. So what else? Talk to me, kid. Well, first of all, I think the important point to highlight, just in case people haven't, but we'll reiterate it again, is that, yeah, you are now more available for seminars and personal training. So, cause I know a lot of people have probably been listening to this podcast. I mean, we've been doing this podcast for a couple of years now, almost. And most of that time you've been tied up doing full-time care and it's really shut down people's access to you. And I think people are probably, so I think it's worth just putting it out there. If you've been thinking about training, you know, jump on it now, you know, before Tony starts finding work and things like this, this is, you know, and so there's the opportunity is now more available and that's important to get that word out. I think we mentioned it at the end of last time's podcast, but I want to kind of mention yeah. it here up front. Especially uh, the three day and five day training sessions that I offer. If you're going to jump on that, jump on it now and lock it in because the first serious job that comes along that pays enough, <clears throat> excuse me, I got to take it. So, um, which is natural, you know, you can't expect people not to work, but yeah, um, thanks for mentioning it. <clears throat> and of course, continue, please buy my products, my digital downloads or something, and even join the membership site, <clears throat> which I mean, for 10 bucks a month, no excuses not to join if you really like what I do. So I, I I would really appreciate it if people would do that. Um, 
but yeah, other than that, I train. I talked to Martin yesterday, Martin Woodkowski. I gave him his boxing thing, boxing lesson, uh, digitally, and uh, which is also another option for some of you people that you may live wherever, you know, and just want to do a few privates like once a week or something via Zoom. I can't do many because of the, the time allotment, but if you want to jump on that, that's an option. Send me an email. Um, but Martin said, um, what, what, what did he say? Where he lives, uh, the Lincoln Park area, he mentioned where this happened, and it was a place that I know, and you know what my memory now, that was just yesterday, and I don't remember. Um, uh, there was gunshots and shit. Never made the news. Nothing like that. And this kind of ties into what we were talking about last week, how so many things happen and don't make the news. And not just in Chicago. This is anywhere in the country. Um, I'm in a rural area. There's a lot of stuff that happens out here that never makes the news. So um, people have to be careful out there. So training uh, is more important now than it has been probably for a few decades. It's, it's, it's good to you know, get back into learning self-defense. That's why I'm itching to start teaching again. Uh, and what I would like to do is ultimately get a core of 15, 20 guys in the city that want to go through a progression of street fighting or self-defense, whatever you want to call it, which means all the techniques of slipping punches and moving and, you know, and, and punching properly and wrestling properly and getting that off the ground, all that self-awareness stuff. And that, so they would be committed to, okay, this class, you know, this day, is some skills and we're just going to start building so that they're not expecting to learn these, these, you know, come alongs or these little tricks. Uh, but they're, they're in it for the long haul. And, you know, if we could work out a couple times, even a couple times a month. Um, and, and, and they, and they would shed, they actually practice the moves. Ideally once a week would be great or twice a week, but once a week would be really great. Uh, but if they could just, you know, practice their moves, um, it would be terrific. And they would learn and they would learn world-class skills because that's what it takes. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of unknowns about people's skill level and things like that. Oh, we have a surprise visitor here out of the blue. I'm going I'm to wait. let you wait for it, Tony, here. Hold Uh-oh. on a second. Should I put my glasses on to see? Definitely. Well, maybe you want to take them off once you see who it is. We were just talking about you. Is that how he looks now? <laughs> well, he's never yeah, had hair. That's how he looks now. He's still connecting. We were just talking about him. Well, what is that you say? If you, you speak of the devil? Okay, then Jacqueline Smith, Cheryl Ladd. <laughs> Maybe they'll pop up. <laughs> What's up, J-Dog? How are you, Coach? Good to see you, man. Where are you, Chicago? I'm just, yeah, I'm just walking my dogs. They're old as dirt, so uh, she doesn't, she doesn't want to walk too fast. And uh, my wife's working out, and that's the last thing I feel like doing right now is, uh, is joining her in a workout when I'm tired. So <laughs> we just mentioned you just like two minutes before you popped up, and uh, good to see you, man. I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, I know. We got to, we got to remedy that, huh? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. What's well? Tell, let's talk all about you, man. What's been cooking with you? How's the school? The school's going well. Uh, keep trying to, you know, grow the in the way we can. Trying to figure out how to get people in the door. You know that kind of thing. Uh, you have to go through all the all the BS that comes with like having a website, and then nobody, you know, then I. I Google Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu while standing inside of my academy and nothing comes up. My academy doesn't come up and people are like, yeah, because you got to have a computer nerd go in and change some letters on things and uh, do some backdoor things. I'm like, all right. So we did all that. And so uh, now people can actually find me on, on Google when they Google me around the neighborhood. So that's, uh, that's been helping things out. And then, yeah, we had uh, my, my team uh, competed for the first time. And so in Jiu-Jitsu, it's the, IBJJF is the big governing, uh, um, you know, big tournaments. If you're the IBJJF world champion, you are a legit world champion in jiu-jitsu. And they have events in every city. And so when, when they have the event in your city, you know, it's a big deal. So if you win IBJJF at your belt level, you know, uh, in any city, let alone the, the world championships or something, it's, it's a real deal. Uh, my team came in uh, to uh, their, did their first IBJJF Chicago Open a, uh, a few weeks ago, and you know we had uh, we had some we had some wins, we had some losses, and uh, but everybody came in, and uh, you know it's the the journey of this whole thing. The wins and losses are uh, don't matter as much as what you did to to get to even compete in something like that. Every single one of my students, you know, they sacrificed their their lives and their uh, their uh, their personal lives, and you know I had I had several. I have one student lose what do you say forty pounds since January so because he signed up for this competition I mean that's that's health right there that's more than you know whether or not he 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 lost a a a tiebreaker match doesn't matter to me the fact that he lost 40 pounds and is in a better place uh mentally and uh is is huge you know so no that's terrific man I'm happy for you yeah um where was it held uh the odium out in what is that is that villa park yeah I've been there not for I, I think the last time I was there was was actually for some wrestling thing many years ago. Yeah, it, 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 I didn't I didn't appreciate it too much because uh, it's like the bathrooms got gross real quick, and then they had no place for you to change, no place for you to warm up. Whereas this weekend, my judo instructor, uh, Sensei Doug Tono, he he held his twenty uh, fifth uh, Tokan Classic. His his academy is called the uh, Tokan. Um, and he held his 25th one there at, uh, oh, shoot, I forget what the place was even called now. Um, but I, I liked it. It was huge. It was like a, a baseball diamond plus a soccer field plus. And that, so I had, I literally ran the, ran the bases to, uh, to, to warm up mm-hmm. and, uh, did, you know, did my wind sprints there to, to get that, to get blown out there at the beginning. Whereas at the Odium, I was like, I, I would have had to, to go outside and, uh, run and run around where there's cars and all this shit, you know? And like I said, the bathrooms got gross real quick at the odium. <laughs> huh. Yeah. I don't, uh, I haven't been there in many years, but I, my gym wasn't all that far in, in retrospect um, from the odium, but I think I was there too for some other show. It had nothing to do with athletics. They had something else and uh, some girl I was dating at the time wanted to go there for, it was some like home, home and flower show or you know something like that yeah uh the, i forget this place was much nicer it was uh 
but it was real real clean and real open um yeah did uh went uh went three and two yesterday i won my first three matches and then kind of kind of farted out on the last two i got a I was trying to go, you know, I, uh, anxiety, com- competition anxiety has been a, a big thing um, for me is I just can never shake the nerves and then I don't perform as well as I should. And so this judo tournament, I was really focusing more on my my mindset more than I was even about executing any technique. And, you know, not to make any excuses, but I almost feel like I, I tip the scales too much where after I won those first three matches where at the end, I was like breathing through my nose. I was trying to hear the advice of my friend, Mark Vives, who, who's a, um, sorry, trains don't buy there. I shouldn't walk here a train when I'm on a podcast. That was a dumb idea. But, uh, <laughs> but my friend, Mark, uh, Mark Vives, he owns a school up in Stokie that's very successful. He was like, man, you gotta, you gotta look bored. He goes, I can see every time you're getting ready to explode into something, you know, you, you like, it's almost like you rev up and I'm like, oh shit, I do that. I don't have a poker face. Oh, that's, that's a, that's a real shocker there. And so this tournament, I was, I was trying to be just like, I kept hearing him saying, look bored, look bored. And uh, I don't know. I, I, by the time I got to that fourth match, I, I gotta be honest. I was just like, eh, I was kind of content with the goals I met for that day. And I, I, I didn't, I don't know. I just, I almost felt like I was like, all right, I feel good now. <laughs> I accomplished the day's goals. And then my, my give a shit kind of went away and, I don't know. I, I found myself not wanting to, not fighting as hard as I normally would. Like I should have exploded into some, uh, some techniques on those last couple guys looking back on, on the matches. And I was like, I don't know. It's just weird what the human brain does. Right. I don't know. It's just like, it's like the scales tipped for me too much where I didn't give a shit. I didn't, this, instead of like caring so much about winning and losing that I made myself lose, you know, I won the first three matches and I was con- almost con- too content where I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah. Well, You're yeah, not alone in that. I mean, I, I mentioned it, I think, a long time ago, but I know somebody who is literally the best in the world at what he does. And uh, absolutely. And uh, he just has – he had stage fright. He went to hypnotists um, and everything to try to – you know, if he was – he's a musician – well, Jerry Sigler, my accordion teacher. So, like, when he was young – this is obviously before I knew him – in, in music, they have competitions too, state championships and national championships and world championships. So he was in Ohio. He was born in Cleveland. And, he, and when it came time for him to do the, you know, they were all doing the state championships. It was funny, he said, because everybody else was like, well, who's going to come in second? Who's going to come in third? Everybody, all the contestants just knew. They just knew that Jerry's going to win. He's just so much better than everybody. And sure enough, he'd blow it. He do something wrong, you know, because of the nerves. And yeah, you, you can't recover in music. Once you blow it, you blow it. But um, so yeah, it's 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 hard. They call it like when you shoot pool, and that happens. They call it the yips when you get like nerves. Yeah, the yips, the yips, man. Um, I I would get that a lot too. I'd get the yips shooting because everybody expected me to never miss a shot. I'm like, come on, man, this is <laughs> it's too much pressure. Shit, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's good to see you. You, how's your wife doing? She's doing good. She's just uh, she's crushing that her interior design business, and uh, yeah, she's almost working too much. Where I'm like, you know, hey, settle down there. <laughs> but uh, but now she's doing good. You know, I just met an interior designer a week ago. I, I went on a job interview to 
these two husband and wife are opening up a martial arts school. So I applied for their head instructor position, but I, I declined the job after it's a chain school, but they're not martial artists, but she happened to be an interior designer, interior decorator, what have you. Um, They were very nice people. I wish them all the best. You know, I hope, I hope they, they find an instructor and they, they knock it out of the park. You know, I was wondering if we could dig into the whole performance anxiety thing a little bit. And I'd, so I got two coaches here to see what your guys' impression. And, and obviously, Jason, looks like you're still trying to find some answers with it. But like I noticed for myself, like I would say even before an open mat, let's say, where I know I'm going to be like, I know I'm going to have to perform. Mm-hmm. I would say maybe even 36 hours before I start to get, I can feel the emotion building already. And I would say sometimes it almost feels like depression. Like Mm -hmm. I have trouble distinguishing anxiety from depression, you know, and, um, you know, it's just generally, I I feel bad. Like I know something's about to happen, you know, and it's one of those things that I have to mentally play games to get ready, you know, because all these things, part of it is these things are voluntary, you know, I can choose to do it Mm -hmm. or not to do it. And so there's this kind of building of like, you know, I'm really going to, you know, and I know it's coming and it's like a cloud over me for a while you know, right. And, um, you know, I don't know. A, is that common? Is it like part of one of the things I, I, I heard a speaker one time and he was just talking about public speaking because all these things are related. I mean, it's the same thing. It's, you know, it's that kind of mm-hmm. maybe fear of failure or whatever. Um, yeah. and, uh, you know, there's kind of like different schools of thought. Some people feel like kind of like you're, well, I don't think this is what you were referring to, but you were more talking about telegraphing your intentions, but kind of trying to calm themselves down. And other mm-hmm. people are kind of more like, no, you almost kind of need to lean into it and embrace it because your body's getting ready. So some of that anxiety and some of that adrenaline, it's, you should say, this is good. My, kind of to your point about your last couple of right. matches where you're like, I almost got to the point where I didn't have the adrenaline to perform. Like I shut it off where right. I should be like, no, I need to be a little bit anxious and ready for the adrenaline. And it's going to feel a little bad, but that's, I should take comfort, maybe some comfort in the fact that my body's getting amped up for whatever it is I have to do. I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on those things? What do you think, Coach? Well, well, for me, mine mine was like like different, like with the pool, shooting pool, for example, because that's a team thing. Um, I was on a team, which makes it, a little more, because right, I was a top player on the team, and some of the guys on the team weren't very good. So when they lose a match or whatever, I mean, you know, it it puts pressure on everybody else. So they made it worse for me because, come on, Tony, you can't miss. We need this. Oh my God, you know that kind of shit. If they would just shut up and matter of fact, just go away, everything will work out. But you know, so. Um, for, so for me, it was a little bit of a different entity because uh, they were aggravating me. It wasn't the event itself. It wasn't my opponent that was getting in my head, okay? It was my teammates who just kept kept pestering me. And, yeah, they, they, they have me on the team to pick them up when they go down, but that's not how I look at it. I look at it that I'm on the team to make you guys better, too. Okay, you should watch how I shoot. You should ask me questions if you want about what, you know, not during gameplay because you're not allowed to do that, but afterwards or beforehand, 
Uh, so for me, it, it, I, I didn't, you know, I, I'm not the guy to ask as far as your situation for that, but when the, a couple times that I did tournaments on my own where, you know, it was just, I was just responsible for me. Um, I actually didn't get the yips because I wasn't, I knew I wasn't in shape for the, for shooting. I just knew I didn't have the time in. I didn't expect to win. So, you know, I didn't really give a, give a rat's ass, but years ago when I was playing pool all the time, um, I kind of did a reverse of Jason, I think, now that we think, well, now, now that I come to it, if let's say I had 50 bucks on me and I'm playing for 10 bucks a game, the first couple of games I would probably, I, I couldn't get into the game and I would lose because I'm like, well, all right, I still got $30 left now. And it was like, when I got down to my last money is when I got real serious and then I could bear down and, and start uh, playing. So it was kind of like almost the opposite of what Jason, Jason came out strong out of the gate and then kind of said, okay, well, I'm happy. I was the other way. I'm like, yeah, slow starter, strong finisher, I guess. What about you? How do you handle it, Jason? Well, I'm, you know, I'm not going to lie, Joe. We, we very, we're very common in, uh, in that area where, you know, I, I still get nervous for just for doggone ear to everything I ever do. You know, anxiety has always been kind of who I am, you know, uh, and I want to do my job so well that, you know, I, it's, uh, every single fitness class I've ever taught, I has been a mental, uh, obstacle course of go, you know, and I don't know about you, but I, I don't, you, you confidence is weird because you don't want to be cocky, right? You know, everybody thinks that any kind of confidence is cocky in our society. And, but yet you want to be, uh, you have to have some cockiness to be good at what to be good at anything or to be great for that matter. So there, there, there has to be this, this, uh, um, this little bit of arrogance about you. If you're going to go in and, and really crush whatever you're, whatever it is you're going to do. Um, and just like anything else, you, you don't, the outcome is, uh, is not as, um, it's not as important as, we think it is, especially when the intention is, uh, it comes from a good place, you know? So that's the way I always try to look at doing my job is every single fitness class, I get a little, you know, I'm like, oh man, I just, man, I, I hope this is a good class for him. And even though I've been doing it 20 years, I still want to, I still go into these classes going, oh man, you know, I want this to be the, I want this to be their, the class that they really want to come back tomorrow for. And if I, if I feel like I, I, I didn't do that, then, then it really makes the rest of my day or could be weak. If I feel like something like some class wasn't right, then, it, then I'll hold on to that, which isn't, isn't good either, but yet you want to learn from the bad class, the, the classes where, you know, maybe the energy wasn't there or something like that, but I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's still a balance. I'm, I'm still, I'm reading all kinds of books on coaching and mindset and all these things. And uh, it's, it's a, it's very common, and we—that's one 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 place I find comfort too—is to understand that uh, every, pretty much every single athlete not only goes through it, but you have to go through it, or else you're kind of a psycho. You know, you find out who the the, the, the greatest kids quiet. You find out that the greatest of all time, all of them were were nervous. Mike Tyson would cry before a fight. George St. Pierre, UFC Hall of Famer, 
he, he would do the same thing. He would say he would get so nervous that he would almost get, that he would throw up. I think he, he would say, and you know, uh, to think of Mike Tyson, like crying before a fight is hilarious. If you do, if you didn't actually do something that made you nervous until you're like, okay, I get it. I get it. You know? Uh, but yeah, I, I think, it, I think step one is <laughs> real, just, just saying that saying not only am I supposed to have nerves for this? I, I, it's natural and everyone else has nerves and the ones that don't have the nerves are the weird ones. And that just in and of itself gives you, gives you a sense of relief. You're like, Oh yeah. Like, like, uh, inside of our DNA, I'm supposed to be nervous right now. That's one of the benefits of doing the thing I'm doing is going through this exact thing. And that in and of itself, I don't know about you, but it gives me like a, a, a breath right there. I just can't help but to take a big sigh, you know, and sure. then, yeah. And then uh, as much as it, it pains me to, uh, to admit it, but some of these uh, yoga things <laughs> where, you know, they're concentrating on your breath and uh, getting outside of yourself a little bit and just taking the time to just think about how you're breathing and slowing your heart rate down yourself. And are you breathing through your nose or are you breathing through your mouth and <laughs> in quick, rapid breaths? But um, things like that too, mental exercises like that. And then, uh, yeah, and then, it, and then it's just immersion therapy too, you know, do it as much as you can. And, and it will not only go away, but hopefully one day, a lot of, a lot of times it can turn into excitement. You know, so like yesterday, you know, I was excited to step onto the mat. I was like, you know, I, I did. I went through those. I went through the emotions I just told you about where I was like, I was warming up and I was like, what am I doing? You know, I signed up for a, a younger, a younger division. And, you know, like one kid's like, ah, I'm fresh out of high school. And I'm like, yeah, I could tell you, I, I'm usually the, I used to be the guy who had all the energy and you just, you know, the, basically the young guy outworked me a little bit and I, I fell on my hip enough to, to get the tiebreaker point. And I'm like, or, I was like, all right, well, there it is. And, uh, um, you know, and I, that was one of the things I was afraid of and it, and it happened was that somebody outworked me a little bit, you know, and I was, which I don't do them. I mean, my, my cardio is good. I mean, I trained really hard and everything, but there was just a split second there with that young man, just like, you know, he, he caught me, uh, he caught me off when he shouldn't have. And what are you going to do? But now, the, now the, the, my, my mental gymnastics was right that it doesn't really matter is it doesn't really matter I can you know I'm still the same guy today you know I you know I am I uh pissed off at myself that I should have won those two matches and then I guarantee that if he that if I rematch both of those guys I think I beat him 10 out of 10 times sure sure but it's fine it's fine everything's fine I'm talking to coach I'm talking to Joe I got my wife and I got my dog right here life life goes on you know so just going through those uh, those mindset changes to, 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 to say that it's okay to feel this way and that you should and that whatever result happens, just kind of go through it and go, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. You know, you got to – I get more emotional or more nervous when, I, when it's a, somebody I train, no matter what they're doing, you know, uh, powerlifting or fighting – I, I really get nervous for that. That's because I care about them so much. I want them to do so good. And I'm not actually the guy doing it. You know, I'm just there coaching or spotting. If it was a, a bench press competition, like Kevin used to go to, I would get nervous 
um, more than than they would. And <laughs> well, I'll, um, I'll tell you, man. Like being a parent, when my my son played t-ball, are some of the most emotional things in my like when it's not in your control. And the person you care about, you know, like it's, it almost amplifies it much more. And that's why they almost have to have signs up like you know, to stop the parents from fighting each other because, you know, their, their kids are out there and, and it's just, it just amps it up that much more. It seems, you know, there's more, more emotion when it's, when it's someone you care about out there uh, with yourself, right. you can be like, ah, you know, okay, it was just me, whatever I'm asked. But yeah, it's even worse when it's, yeah. When, when, you, when you can empathize and you, that just, yeah, it's crazy. And I was going to say to Jason's point earlier, like, yeah, just knowing that, uh, just to not beat up on yourself when you're having these feelings, that it is normal. Cause it's like a double whammy. You have the feeling and then you hate yourself for having the feeling. You're like, am I a coward? Am I whatever? And it's like, no. Cause I kind of remember hearing, I think I heard the GSP interview. It might've been Rogan or something where he's like, I hate fighting. And he wasn't trying mm-hmm. to be noble or something, but he's like, I love the techniques. I love learning about it. But the actual process of like having to go out there where I could be humiliated in front of 20,000 people, I says, he says, I hate it. You know, like, mm-hmm. he, he, so he's, it's kind of cool that someone, yeah, who's at that level. I mean, it's, you know, kind of has basically the same feelings that we're doing at like at a smaller level. Uh, yeah, that's, that's good to know. Um and I, I was going to say, maybe coach, you know, you don't feel playing pool, but I was wondering, like, for me, the first time my band played out, the very first time we had a big backyard concert. And it was what made it worse, too, is that we did this backyard concert for, for our band and we invited all our friends and family. So if we screwed up, not only would we know it, but all our friends and family would have seen, it. you know, like it was it was like if it had been an anonymous crowd, it'd be like, OK, these people don't know who we are. They never forget it. But it was like we had amped up. And I just kind of remember kind of this, this interesting arc of my emotion and, and physical, you know, physicality is that it was almost like a white noise of terror. Like, like I was it, actually by the, I think our guitarist as a joke beforehand went around with a phone and was just putting the phone in our face and like asking, cause we're about to go on in like 10 minutes. And he's like, wow, you look terrible. You look terrified. You know, like he was just like, cause he could see this white, you know, this like, and, uh, and I'll say this. Well, it was, it's, it's like I said, it's an interesting psychological experience because we went out there and we played when, when our first song went well and we, we nailed it. It was like all of a sudden it was a big, OK, it's you know, it's like practice. You know, we can do this, you know, and even if we screwed up later, like we got this one song done, you know, like like, OK, you know, we're capable in front of this crowd of people. And I would say this. So we played we played a ridiculously long set. But either way, it's not that physically hard to play like for anybody who's like a a combat athlete the amount of effort you put out on your instruments it, you can be intense and dancing around but it's not the same but i'll say this man the ad- i was exhausted afterwards like the ad- adrenaline drop at the end of that like i could have collapsed it felt like a truck had hit me you know <laughs> like it was been the hardest workout my body was just like i think it was so everything was so amped up probably my heart rate everything and the other thing too is our our perception of time was different like I, I, I'm almost 100% sure we played every song at like double speed. Like we just raced through it just because we're all amped up, you know, like there was no holding back. But it was, and, 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 and also to your other point is that subsequent shows we played in gigs, like each time there was definitely anxiety, but it was never that absolute like, like numbing level of terror from that first show, you know? And, and all I'll say is that we haven't played in a while and I bet you our first time we'll play again. It'll, it will it may not be as bad as that first time. Cause I have, I have that memory of like, Oh, I've been out there on stage. I've done this. I can visualize it. 
you know, I know what it's like, but it was still, there's still some rush there. It's like, what's, you know, how are we going to play? So the, the first time back out there, it's a little, yeah, it's a little edgy, you know? Well, sure. I, I never had the option. Op, well, the, my very first boxing match, my mother and stepdad and my grandfather were there, but my family never came to any of my sporting events, nothing outside of that one. Um, never came to another boxing thing, no football games or track. So I didn't have that fear of failure in front of my friends or family. Okay. Um, so I can't, I, I personally, I can't relate to that directly. Um, but I will say that, you know, getting jumped, getting beat up, you know, all that kind of stuff kind of makes everything else in my life seem minor. <laughs> all right. So it's like, wow. All right. If I, if I lose this arm wrestling match, unless he breaks my arm, it's, it's, it's certainly not, it's a lot nicer to lose there than to have a gun pulled on you and shot or something. So that's kind of how for me, how I always uh, did it. But I can remember Joe and Jason, when I first started playing music, um, I would sit in, they would have like jam sessions and this is on the drums. And, and I sat in and uh, yeah, I was nervous. I'm, I'm sure I, but then it got like where they kept letting me, I mean, they didn't want anybody else to sit in on the drums, at least where everybody else was rotating their instruments, but I kind of got a good vibe from that. And then, um, but the first time I ha- ever had to sing in public, that was, I didn't want to do it. As a matter of fact, I said, I won't, I was just, that, that was really, I really had uh, stage fright for the singing and I was young I was the youngest, youngest one, and the crowd was older, so they kind of, it worked to my advantage where all the pressure was off. I didn't have to even sound good. They just wanted to hear it, so no matter how I sounded, it, it would have gone off okay, so I did, and then we played another gig somewhere, and there was younger people, girls, and they wanted me to sing again. And I got even more scared than I was the first time because now there's girls there that I'd like to impress. And I did not have faith in my singing abilities. So, um, yeah, so I can relate to it in that musically. But through the years, I got I got over it because uh, I don't really – I don't care. You know, I, I'm not auditioning for a band or, you know, I don't consider myself a great singer. So – if I sing, it's just for fun, you know. Yeah, that not caring kind of helps for sure. Uh, <laughs> I don't give a shit. I mean, right. I mean, like when I was taking care of my mom, all the stress that I was under with that, and then, you know, I'm going to go play a high game, high pressure pool game or, or some other high pressure thing voluntarily. No, you know, like even now, now that I'm able to get out, yeah, I don't shoot pool. I don't even pick up a cue stick anymore. I just don't – I don't want to do it. I did start lifting weights again this past week, like I said I would, but I'm not lifting heavy. I have no desire to lift heavy again. I've done all – all the lifting heavy is in is in my past. Let's keep it there. You know, um, I just want to, you know, kind of stay halfway decent in shape for an old fart and, you know, not get injured, <laughs> you know. So, uh, yeah, and, and, of course, where I go, this Planet Fitness, no offense. I mean, I get my workouts in, I guess, 
but it's not a gym gym. It's not like my kind of gym, you know, where I can do free, free benches and, you know, all of that. It's, um, it's a commercial gym. So I, I don't, I don't have the, they, they frown on powerlifting there. Anyhow, it, it's, it's, it's illegal to do it there. They don't have the equipment and they got signs about it, you know? Um, so I, I think that's kind of helpful. So I just go in there, do my, do my sets and then, uh, then I'm out. <laughs> so I'll be there tomorrow morning. <laughs> well, coach, I got to get off of here, but I wanted to drop in and say hi. I hadn't seen your face in uh, far too long, but, uh, Hopefully uh, we can get together and uh, maybe we can start training again soon, huh? Okay, let's keep in touch. Yeah, that sounds good. All right, thank you, Jason. Good luck. Joe, you're always one of my favorite people, brother. Thank you, man. Thanks again for jumping in. And listen to the beginning of this podcast, Jason, because Tony has some interesting ideas about classes and things. So just pick your brain, so check it out. Absolutely will. Keep in touch. All right, hope to see you both soon. Love you both. (laughs) Love you too. Love you, man. That was a nice surprise. Absolutely. Very cool. Yeah. You know, that. we were just talking about him too. And, you know, he's, he, he's honest about it, which is great. He, he doesn't have that kind of ego that a lot of the martial arts um, schools or instruct head instructors do, you know, the tough guy, you know, he admits his things and I, I, I yeah, it's just a great place, you know, and I, and I hope his gym picks up, um, you know, I wish I lived closer. You know, I found it <clears throat> for those of you who don't live in Chicago or a, a big city, Martin hit on something yesterday when we were talking about one guy, I won't even mention his name. Well, his first name's Rick and he had moved to the suburbs and Martin's like, you know, yeah, well he moved to the suburbs. So we don't keep in touch. I don't have time to keep in touch with somebody from the suburbs. <laughs> you know, And funny, that's just how a lot of city people are. Now, Martin does drive. But many don't. Jason doesn't. My friend Vince doesn't own a car. He can drive. He doesn't own one. Um, so it's hard for me to really lend a hand when it's a two-hour one-way trip with tolls to get to the city. Okay? So for me to just drive down to his gym three days a week and just, like, hang out, um, it isn't feasible. You know, I, I can't do it now. It would have to be strictly professional. You know, I'd have to get, you know, it'd have to be a job. And vice versa. Jason wasn't able to come out to my house because I'm too far away and he doesn't drive. So for some people that don't understand that, I get it. Um, But uh, I wish him the best. I wish everybody the best. I don't want to see anybody fail. You know, I know what it's like to, to lose your business or to have things go wrong. Um, I don't want that for anybody, a, a legitimate person, not a thief or something but i don't want to see anybody out so you know i we always recommend jason we always recommend josh um rick solo's gym and this is not exclusive to those guys there's there's others too that you know i i I know that have great gyms in you know different areas um of the country we should probably talk more about you know like terry dow in new hampshire i got to get a hold of him he's got a great facility um He's Bill Wallace's number one guy. He's going to take over Bill Wallace's superfoot system or whatever. But um, boy, it was a good surprise. It's it's nice to see people. I'm I just had talked to Scott before we launched this podcast today. I was on the phone when you came on, so I hung up. And I'm like, you know, nobody keeps in touch. You know, um, really one or two, but it kind of can get lonely and and it's it gets frustrating. But 
At least I'm not getting bad phone calls that such and such died. You know, that worries me. <laughs> you know, there's always a, a possibility. But I, yeah, I'll, I'll reiterate your honesty thing because I think there is kind of a trend or like, you know, uh, I don't know. It'll come up a time and time, especially in the martial arts where like, you know, you have no fear, you know, and I don't know, I don't know fear and this kind of stuff. And it's bullshit, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe you're a sociopath, but if you're not putting yourself, because the other thing, one of the things that I often think about that you said, it uh, made an impression on me is that you said, you know, you used to dread your training, you know, oh. it was, you know, and if you're, if you're not a little bit, and you're not kind of going outside your comfort zone, you're not pushing, you're not learning, you know, but I mean, especially considering what we're trying to do and achieve, uh, it, it should cause some anxiety and emotion in you. You know, if not, you got to kind of ask some questions. The fear thing is this, and I've said this before and I'll say it again. I probably should have said it when Jason was on. You've got to learn how to not eliminate fear at all, but postpone it. Okay. So you, and you can do this. You, you, you know, you can train yourself to do that. Um, so during the shit, when it's hitting the fan, you've got to stay focused. You've got to, as I've, I've mentioned many times, have, all the triggers in your mind, what happens if my family, you know, who's going to pay the bills? All that has to be taken care of so that after the situation is over with, then you can have that adrenaline dump. You can have that fear kick in. Um, but if you have it where it paralyzes you and shuts your thinking down, shuts your motor skills down, um, you, you really have to focus on working that out, okay? Uh, it's... It, 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 it's, it's not that part. That's not a positive. Okay. That's not, that, that could be abnormal too. Um, having some, okay. So like, for example, an REBT, rational emotive behavioral therapy. This is what I studied. Al, Dr. Albert Ellis, I highly recommend, he passed away now, but I highly recommend everybody to get some of his books, Albert Ellis, E-L-L-I-S. And it's okay to be mad, glad, scared, you know, um, you, you can have um, these, these kind of emotions, okay? You cannot let your gladness become euphoria, your, your sadness to become depression. Um, you know, you're scared to become absolutely panic-stricken, stuff like that, okay? You cannot let that happen. That's when you have a problem, either too high or too low. So you have to, there's like a little range. And you're right, if you don't have any of those emotions, and you're probably a sociopath, at minimal, but, or anti-person personality disorder, who knows, right? Um, borderline, it could, you could have, there could be many things. It's okay to have those, those feelings and emotions, but they cannot become overwhelming. Okay. Um, and that's what you need to work on. All of us, everybody. And let's say you're not afraid, like there's guys that can climb, you know, those heights. I can't do that. All right. I just don't like heights. I can't, I don't want to, I don't need to work on it because at this stage of the game in my life, I don't, I don't expect to have to be put in that kind of element. But even those guys that have no fear of heights, they have fear of something. So just because you're not afraid to compete or you're not afraid, you don't have stage fright, doesn't mean that you're not afraid of something else. And you, and you may not even know what it is. You may, or you may not, but um I guess everyone has phobias. Like I said, mine, and it never used to be like this, but the last 30 years or something, me, it's heights. I don't like heights. I had to shut a, t a channel on the television today off 
because they were showing engineering failures. Okay. It was on a science channel and they were showing these skyscraper things just here, watching it on television. I, I got queasy. You know, I, I can't, I can't handle it. So, um, and I, and I haven't put the effort into trying to do it. Uh, but cause there's really no reason for me to. So right. If it's I'm not, gonna, if it's not interfering with how you live your life, you know, it's not right. preventing you from doing something, you know, then, then it's not, you don't have to, you know, necessarily address it. Well, now let's address that interfering with my life because before my mama got super bad, where I had to be here all at all times, I was on those couple pool leagues and I swore off of pool leagues. And I mean that to this day, I'll never shoot a game of pool again on a pool league because I wasn't having fun. It was, it was, it was actually a rotten time, you know, arguing people were getting on the team, opposing teams, arguing this and that. And, you know, it, it seemed it always boiled down to me. Like, even if I'm not involved, like if, if, if let's say you and some other guy are playing, you're on my team, you lose, you're like, well, don't worry. I, I'm not, Tony will win. Tony will make up for this. Or if there's a fight, well, I don't care because we got Tony on the team. He'll kick their asses. It always, it too much pressure for me, right? I don't, I don't, I don't want that. <laughs> I go out to have fun, not to have to worry about everything. So for me, if it isn't fun, I don't want to do it. Um, I don't. So it, it's an interesting concept of how everybody deals with this. And I'm not sold across the board on all psychological assessments and stuff like doing these job te- uh, uh, job interviews or job uh, when you apply with your resume. Sometimes they ask you these quasi-psychological questions that are really not with it okay because it's 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 not sometimes you just don't have a pad answer it's there's gray areas and these questions are never they're black and white and a lot of times you can know how to answer those things and not be honest like if you know what they're trying to ask you know like a lot of psych evaluations like you know what the right answer should be i mean i'm not saying you did this but i'm just saying in general for those things to work the person has to be 100 percent honest you know i mean like if someone was to go to therapy part of it is just getting them to open up and be honest about it. Because there's, I think a lot of people are like going back to Jason saying, yeah, I have anxiety when I compete. This is something I struggle with. A lot of times people can't even admit that to themselves, yeah. let alone other people. Like you, we deceive ourselves so much about, you know, so much we're told, oh, you shouldn't feel fear or you shouldn't feel whatever, you know, there's all these, you know, or you shouldn't feel jealousy. These all these negative emotions that are natural for people to feel. But, you know, I think we're conditioned to not admit that we, we have these, these things and that it's it's part it's okay this is part of life and be honest about it i think that's like the first step <laughs> maybe for a lot of people but yeah some some form question i mean they have a you know whatever a lot you know most people that's the, that's the tricky thing about human psychology is we're smart enough to know maybe what the right answer is supposed to be whether it's actually what's going on or not you know and it's not an accurate reflection of where you're at well they had young kids very 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 young some were still in college as the recruiters so, you know, you're not going to, you're not on, a, it's not a level playing field. You know, you mm-hmm. don't have the experience that I have in dealing with, in my case, customers or students, but let's use the term customers uh, from all over the world. They don't, they don't have that. Uh, they don't, they don't have that kind of experience. So when they were asking certain questions um, and I gave them the answer, it wasn't an answer that they expected because I'm not 
an office worker kind of guy. You know, I've dealt with people at, at, at a high level of stress, uh, you know, where their life is on the line or they're, you know, they're training for a tournament they want to win. Um, it's, it's more than just looking for the cheapest price of something, you know, or my cable channel didn't work today. Um, so yeah, I, I think I, I've, re- uh, what's the word I've relegated myself now to once again, I don't give a shit. I don't expect to get a job. I don't, um, not based on what this past couple of weeks has been like, it's, it's been ridiculous, really very unprofessional on their end. Uh, and it's more than one outfit it's more than one genre of work so as opposed to getting any kind of tension or stress or anxiety over it i just revert back to the the like i don't give a shit okay i because what again it's out of my hands i i can only do what i can do which is send a resume uh follow along with the uh, application notes uh, do the interview if, if it gets if it even gets to that point. Many times it doesn't, and uh, then that's it. Uh, and I don't take I just don't take this stuff personal, okay. Um, and like Jason doesn't appear to take it personal. Uh, what happened yesterday? Okay, so he said he won three matches. He lost two. He probably could have won those two matches, and you know, and he knows that. So he's not taking it personal, which is the way to handle it. You know. He, Anything could happen. Um, and maybe those three guys that he beat, maybe they're saying the same thing. Maybe one of them is saying, well, I could have won, but I did this wrong or that wrong. Who knows? Um, it's rare that it's cut and dry, uh, but it does happen. You see, He mentioned Tyson. In, in the beginning of Tyson's career, when he was demolishing everyone, no one had a chance, okay? They would, there was never going to be a different outcome. <laughs> so, and, and sometimes there's some comfort in that. If I were to shoot pool today with Shane Van Boning, I may win a, a game, but I can't, I can't beat Shane Van Boning in a, in a set. There's just no chance. He's, the, he's probably still the best in the world, or at least one of the best uh, of all time, <laughs> okay? I would just enjoy the fact of I got a ch- that I got a chance to shoot the guy, you know, uh, shoot pool against the guy. But to win? It's not even a, I, I wouldn't even think about it, you know. So <clears throat> I guess that's my coping mechanism. Um, I, but again, I've been around the world's best in more than one genre. Okay. I've been around the best in the fight world. I've been around the best in the music world. I've seen some world-class pool players. <clears throat> so I, I, I have a sense of what greatness is all about. And would I get mad if I lost, let's say, to my next-door neighbor a game of pool? Probably. But to lose to a guy like Shane Van Boning or, you know, Earl Strickland or, you know, Effin Reyes or somebody, nah. Why? I mean, it would be an honor to even play those guys. Yeah, and I think, well, a couple of things. Like, you're talking about, you know, interviewing with younger guys and having, you know, it's just kind of like, maybe having a therapist or somebody who's younger and is doing everything by the book, there are, the older you get, in my estimation, just my opinion is that a lot of things, there's some gray areas as to what's the right answer or what's the right thing to do. You know, things that are maybe obvious. I think there's kind of like this level of like, 
of knowledge where you, you have the kind of the, the pat answers, the ones from the book, the ones that you should know. But then there's, as you get older and more experienced, you learn there's sometimes to deviate from that, you know, and, and that just comes with time, you know, and there's nuance to that. And so uh, it is tough when someone doesn't, when you're not able to express that because in the real world, you know, there's not always, this is a hundred percent always the right answer. You know, like there's only one answer. Yeah. And so, and, and it just becomes more, that becomes more obvious the longer you, the more experience you have. And that reflects more on them. They're young. These girls were young. They're they'll, they'll get better at, at it. I don't, I don't, I don't know what their position really is, but as a coach, as a trainer, as a musician, as a fighter, as all of those things. And you heard me harp about this a thousand and one times improvise. You got to learn to improvise. You got to learn to roll with the punches, as they say. And that's tying into what you just said. There are no pat answers. If you do anything long enough, you'll know that sometimes the book, you de- you, 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 you have to deviate uh, depending on what it is. Um, so, and there's more, there's, there's more than one way a lot of times. So uh, learning to read the room, learning how to read people uh, is very important. Uh, if you're dealing with uh, a certain segment of society that you're fully aware of what, what they are and their belief systems, so you'd approach that differently than, than another section of society or segment of society, so to speak. And yeah, so there's no pat answers because, and, and I do believe in my case, while it's illegal to discriminate against age and they don't ask you on these applications, your age, but when they ask you your educational background, you know, and you, and you put on there that, you know, like, for example, you graduated high school in 1982. Well, they know how old you are. <laughs> yeah. Right. And yeah, so I, I'm, I'm certain that um, that's, that entered into this uh, and, and probably a couple other things. Um, I, I know the one thing with AT&T, the, the, the kid was, it was a guy, uh, he was a little intimidated a nervous kind of really nice guy though we ended up just shooting the shit okay because out you know i wasn't going to get the job i wasn't going to take the job either way um and he kind of felt bad he's like you know this is this is like a union job which i didn't know and he's like so you'd really be the the low man on the totem pole you'd have to work every saturday every sunday this and that as well that and i said well i'll tell you what let's stop the interview okay because i'm not going to do that Okay, that's out of the question. Um, I says, you know, this is my my life is still teaching. And I could probably, if I did a seminar, make more in one day teaching a seminar than I would in a week or more working for you guys. So, you know, no problem. And he's like, yeah, he really liked me. And he's, he really wished I would have taken a job. He's like, I can't change it around. It's union. You know, I'd love to be able to give you weekends off. Uh, but the union thing wouldn't allow it. And I'm like, no, man. I get that. I'm not going to come in there and try to change the thing around. I get it. I said, you know, if it was just maybe working a Saturday or something, but, you know, having it being forced to work every, every Saturday and Sunday, it's just, I'm not, it, don't even go there. That's especially for the money they were offering. I'm like, no, you need, and I try to tell them, I suggest you hire somebody younger out of high school, out of college or in college, you know, that, you know, that, that, that'll work out. Somebody who probably is still living at home or has roommates and the money isn't a critical thing. Um, 
But yeah, you know, we've done the same thing. Like when there was, you know, you know how to, when you're training somebody and you're teaching them deadly techniques, really, you got to be very careful on who you're teaching it to. Cause you don't want a psychopath in your, in your, in your class. And now you're teaching them theories and philosophies and techniques that he's, he or she's going to go out there and harm somebody. So you get, you kind of, you got to feel that out. Um, doesn't mean you have to kick them out of class, just work on, them, you know, show them other techniques. So, um, but see, I'm taking all of this personally as a, as a learning experience. Um, I find some of it really funny, you know, like getting shot down for a Home Depot job when Home Depot's got people that, that are old enough to be my mother and father working in there, and I'm still getting shot down for those jobs. I find this kind of funny. I do. So um, unless something drastically changes soon, I tell Scott this, I don't see myself getting a job. I don't see anybody hiring me you know, for, with a living wage kind of thing without me having to, you know, not even doing a backbreaking job. I don't think they'd hire me for that for sure because of my age, they'd be afraid of a lawsuit. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 it's going to be, it's going to be tough. What are you going to do? You know? Yeah. It's actually kind of, kind of circling back to the, the beginning of the podcast where we were talking about, I can't remember the exact part of the conversation, but we're so, so often, you know, there's jobs, but the way they do it now is that they hire people part-time so they don't necessarily have to do benefits for them. And so people end up having a bunch of like two or three part-time jobs to make ends meet, you know? So it's kind of like they're creating jobs, but they're, They're they're, yeah, they're just, you know, they, they keep trying to leverage it enough so that, you know, or just keep cutting away at it so that they can still get people there. But well, People it's very subsisting on these things. And to piggyback off of last week, you know, being in the rural area may have benefits for certain people, but man, I think the negatives outweigh the positives. Like for me, you know, I've blown through all the jobs. Okay. I'm even looking for jobs in Wisconsin now. And I, I'm done with that too, because I do the math. And, it, it, and gasoline at this point is almost six bucks a gallon. I li- literally couldn't take the job. I wouldn't be able to pay the bills that I have with, and and I don't have any outside bills. I'm just talking gas, electric, rent, and then gasoline in the car and food. I wouldn't be able to do it because I live so isolated. The drive would be so far. And with the gas prices, I, the one job, like I said, was 140 miles round trip plus two tolls a day. I can't, I mean, who, you can't, you can't do that for $31,000 a year. No gross. And then you got to pay your health insurance premium out of that. So now what do you, in all your regular taxes, now you're making shit, you're making nothing. So uh, you, you can't do it. And, and I would have, I would have been on the road for over two hours a day, one way driving back and forth. So yeah, it would so stuff like that. You're lucky because you're by a train, and not only are you by the train, your job at the other end of the train tracks is by the train. Okay, so I know a lot of people who are by the train, but at the tail end they're not by the train. All right, so it it, it really it sucks. It sucks for a lot of a lot. I'm not I'm not alone in this. I'm not the only guy this is happening to. 
Um, so yeah, and the jobs are, uh, I know that this weekend they just increased the minimum wage in Cook County and, and I think also Chicago. Chicago actually has a little higher minimum wage than Cook County. Um, I believe it's like $15.40 in Chicago for any company over 21 employees. And it's like $14.80 or $14.70 or something like that for anybody, a company less than 21 non-tipping jobs, you know, so not a waitress or a bartender or something. But, oh, you know, like I said, all I can do is, you know, is try. I got enough applications out there right now uh, that, you know, I'm not going to even, there's really nothing, there's nobody left for me to apply for anymore. <clears throat> so I just got to sit back and see what, what gives. But I know that there's a lot of scams. And, and like getting back to what the barber said, the hairstylist said they're really not looking to hire because you can tell on the one website that I'm on, it tells you how long the ad's been up. And some have been up over 30 days. You know, and for bullshit jobs, you know, for like a job that you don't even need experience for them, like car salesman, right? That kind of stuff. Um, you know, these guys aren't really looking like, like the one I called with the, with the phony number. They're not looking for anybody. So, you know, I, I, I don't get it, but it, it, so a lot of people that are out there, don't get frustrated. Um, I mean, don't take it personal if you're not hearing back because it, 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 it may be a scam or a phony, a phony deal. Um, I did get a guy who's legit, who wrote me back, want me to come in on Wednesday to interview. And I wrote him, I said, well, I want to make sure this isn't a driving job where I have to drive like a, a cargo van or something because the job said inside sales and he wrote me back. He's like, no, you don't have to do that, but you will be having to drive on the road to visit customers. Well then now, now that's not inside sales. Okay. That's outside sales. So I said, well, are you going to reimburse gas? He said, no. I said, well, I can't take the job. I mean, why would I take a commission job when gas is like six bucks a gallon and you're not even reimbursing. Uh, and he's he wrote, no, I get it. He right, he right, Matt. That's totally understandable. Best of luck. So you got to watch for that. And the other scams that they're pulling on there, they'll say like forty thousand from forty thousand plus, like your salary. And you think, oh, okay, so I'm going to start off at forty grand, and I have a chance to make more. No, okay, maybe in some places, but not the ones that I've been contacting. That's what they say their average employee makes. You'll start out at $14 an hour, which again is not a livable wage. And with all the incentives and bonus pay, this and that, it's $40,000 an hour, uh, 40000 a year. You don't know that. So I was able to read a lot of reviews, and most of the reviews are negative for these types of companies. And then what I also did was I change my zip code to like um way out some total different state and they're they, they they're the same exact same sales ad the same average pay so if anybody knows anything about sales it's all about location where you're at so like maybe if you're midtown manhattan you're going to get a lot more sales than you would in the middle of nowhere right so when they say average average where not out here 
Um, you know, so it, it's it's disheartening, but you got to keep going forward. So you got a job. You've been there 20 years. You know, that's a good thing. Um, try to keep your job because it's not that e- – well, you know, unless, unless a headhunter hits you up, you know, I'd, I'd stay where you're at. Unless you do that, that, that male modeling thing again. Yeah, well, that, that's what I'm counting on. So that's my fallback. So I don't have, to have the same stresses that you do, you know. Um, well, I think we can't see, all be, yeah. All kidding aside, they, I got this thing that said something about John Ford or not John Ford, but Casablanca or something. One of the, some modeling agency thing, like not that they contacted me, but that indeed.com suggested I, I'm like, what, how, why would they say that? Why? You know, it's, it's, you shake your head. And the other thing that I noticed is this shit's loaded with insurance agencies looking for help, but but you have to be a licensed insurance agent. I mean, hundreds of jobs for insurance. If you were an insurance agent, straight commission, many of these jobs are, are straight commission. And I just won't do that. I mean, for 30 years, almost I've been doing straight commission in essence. Okay. That's what this is. If I don't sell a product, if somebody doesn't sign up for my website or buy a DVD or something, I don't make a dime. That's straight commission. Okay. I don't want that anymore. I need a guaranteed income, you know, um, boom. But yeah, I just found it very interesting. Cause like I said, I've never had to be out looking in the job market. It's been over, it's been what, 35 years since I had to do that. So now I see it's, it's, but with your looks, Joe, your personality, um, I'm telling you, you should probably go to like, like art, hang out at art museums and stuff where they have statues and there may be some struggling artists out there and you could not only make a lot of money, you could make that artist very famous if they do a sculpture of you or something like that. Or more importantly, like catch the eye of some rich art patron who wants me as like their kept boy, you know, they can just. Well, you're married. You're a married man, so watch what you say. I'm, you know, <laughs> okay. But outside, hey, if that, the money's right, I'm sure we could. There could be an arrangement. Yeah, there there always is, isn't there? There's always a workaround. But anyway, so. guys, I guess we should wrap it up. I mean, it was a nice surprise guest for this. Was kind of like a weird. It's me venting. This is my therapy today. Pissed <laughs> off at the yeah. That might go be in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there's other people probably that might be in my position, and if if they're struggling too, don't feel so bad. You know, I, I'm probably going to be very unemployable because of, of what I've done for a living. And uh, I'm almost locked into being able to just coach and teach. And uh, I don't see that unless we can get something cooking with Josh and Jason. Um, I think we hopefully got something going with Chuck and anybody else. Yeah, in the Chicago area, that would be great. Um, but we whatever we'll see what happens but anyway guys thanks for listening and watching joe as always you're the greatest as you say always to me tony i'm the greatest human being that ever lived yeah i i agree um so you got that going for you too joe well yeah you get no argument from me you know you speak the truth (laughs) all right everybody see you next week all right bye (laughs) 